This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel from BetQL. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Hour number two of BetQL Daily right here, presented by FanDuel Sports Book. I'm Jim Rodriguez, along with Jeremy Kahn. We're sitting in for Joe and Joe and for Aaron. Got the two Jakes, Brian helping us out behind the scenes here. Fired up to be with you on this Christmas Eve. Had a great first hour. You can always go back and listen to it on demand on the Odyssey uh, Sports app. And great hour number two coming up. We got Ross Tucker coming up in hour number three. So lots to get to. Christmas weekend. We've got NFL. We've got NBA. Lots to talk to. But first, since Jeremy Kahn's here, my man brings his own gifts as we go way down in the hole. Way down in the hole. So, J-Rod, we're going to be starting with that that Chargers game. And I know you were looking at the numbers there uh, because I'm going to talk about their quarterback and wide receiver. Mm -hmm. But um, they're big favorites, right? Yeah, yeah. Chargers Chargers are at the Texans. And and that's another thing we're going to get into later on. Lots of big numbers, lots of double digits, four double-digit spreads this week. But Chargers are in Houston. Chargers are laying 10.5 in that game, 45.5 the over-under. But you wanted to kind of focus on the quarterback wide receivers in that game. Yeah, so so a lot of things to look at from either of a prop bet standpoint, a daily fantasy standpoint, um, whatever. You can use this information however you want. But Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen are in fantastic spots. And it's obvious you might look at it saying, well, yeah, of course, they're a 10-point favorite. But the thing you have to be concerned about is when teams get a lead that they just start running the ball or they basically just take the air out of it. And, you know, they they want that clock to run. So it's taking your time, running the clock all the way down. All those things apply. But, you know, for quarterbacks with big point totals and big spreads, um, it doesn't matter as much for these pass-heavy guys. And Justin Herbert falls into this range because uh, the Chargers are heavy favorites against the Texans, but San Diego ops – what, San Diego? Listen to me. The, Do- the Dodgers, the L.A. team. Uh-huh. Even in the writing, it still has it, San Diego. Ops to pass the third most when leading. They pass 61% of the time when they have a lead. So it's not like they're just going to rely on it. Remember, their their coach analytically looks at things as a little bit different going forward on fourth down. He's been criticized for it. And if you're going to give him run looks, he will throw the football. So it's why Herbert's in such a great spot this weekend. Uh, the second-year quarterback has six top six finishes in the last eight games. An excellent play come Sunday. And the tandem that you have there with, with our buddy Keenan Allen – He's Mr. Consistency. You could say what you want about him, but Keenan Allen has seven consecutive top 24 finishes with three in the top 10. Over that stretch, his target shares, 33%, 35, 35, 32, 23, 24, and 26. With Eckler out, we could see an additional underneath looks uh, going his way, so he could be peppered with targets. Um, And as you look at that, he's in such a phenomenal spot that it's something to really keep your eye on. I love it. Yeah. And the Chargers, you know, and by the way, they're right smack in the middle of the playoff hunt. They're the Chargers currently the sixth seed in the AFC ahead of Buffalo for the last spot. And they were basically they're tied with Indianapolis. Uh, Indy's in the five spot right now. So the, the game on Christmas night between Indy and Arizona, lots of uh, implications for the Chargers. All right, let's do a little running back play now. And we're going to focus in on the Buccaneers and the Panthers. And again, another big spread, Jeremy. Tampa Bay mm-hmm. laying 10 on the road, over-unders 43. Before we get to the, that, are you shocked that they're laying 10 after getting shut out at home against the Saints? 
Well, I'm not because I've watched the Panthers play the past couple weeks and they haven't looked good. So, and you know, Cam Newton gives you the big I'm back. And then if you saw the meme, it said on the bench as he got benched the next two games for poor play. Um, this Panthers team has struggled mightily in the running game. They've also struggled uh, in the pass game, which we'll get to some of those as well. Because I want to throw in one little tidbit on Antonio Brown's return. But Ronald Jones takes over for Leonard Fournette. If you were lucky enough to pick him up on your waiver wire, good for you. You just got yourself a feature back uh, on a team that should be winning a game right in the playoffs. So it's great. But Jones posted running back 14, 4, 4, and 14, ironically, in the games where he handled a majority of the snaps. Only four times this year. Um, and when you look at the attempts he's going to get without Fournette, he is in a perfect spot against the Panthers, who allow the third most rushing attempts per game over the last six contests. So that means they've been trailing. So game flow, um, game theory, if you will, will play into your favor. As Tampa Bay should have a lead, which means they're what handing the ball off to Ronald Jones more times than not. Let's say he breaks one. Now you're in. Now you're in the catbird seat uh, when it comes down to it. Um, ironically, too, one thing I wanted to throw in with Antonio Brown in this game. He's returning just in time with Chris Godwin out for the season. Mike Evans is nursing a hamstring injury. Um, you look at this, he has the highest uh, uh, rating of all the Buccaneers, a 28% target rating, and now he should be on the field near 100% of the passing downs because of what's going on with the other guys. I think Gronk in a great spot, but Antonio Brown, think what you want of him. He slides right back in. He's in great position to have himself a big game as well, along with uh, Ronald Jones at running back. Yeah, Tampa Bay uh, at 10-4, and four, third in the NFC right now, um, they basically got ta- Dallas, Tampa Bay, and Arizona, and the Rams all 10-4, and four, but Tampa Bay leading their division, uh, currently sitting as the third seed. And, oh, by the way, just to put a button on Cam Newton, 1-11 against the spread, his last 12 starts as the Carolina Panthers quarterback. Take that yep. with what you will. All right, little tight end play, and we're going to go to Philly for the Giants and the Eagles and another Double-digit spread. The Eagles lay in 10 at home against the Giants. No Daniels. Yeah, I love this one. So, uh, Goddard, since uh, Zach Ertz got traded, Goddard's uh, route participation has skyrocketed. So, they move Zach Ertz, and obviously he becomes tight end one. Some may have argued he was tight end one while he was there, but if you're splitting, you know, you got a two tight end set, you're not going to get all the targets. He's the main guy. He's getting all those targets, averaging well above the 80% threshold. The targets are starting to follow with a 25% target share over the past three games. And the Giants, on top of this, their opponent, allow 13.7 points to tight ends each week. That's what they're averaging. You'd take that any week from a tight end. I don't care who it is to get double-digit points from them in a fantasy perspective. So the scoring environment, it's a poor game total with the seven most implied total uh, points on the slate. And I know some people say, well, I don't if it's not going to be a high-scoring game, it doesn't matter if your guy's getting 25% of the targets while he's out there. And it's a top-10 strength of schedule matchup and the fifth-highest tight end matchup on the entire slate. And with a guy that gets that much of a share, you have to like Dallas Goddard this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And Philly, by the way, another must-win for them. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. They're on the outside looking in. Uh, they are the eighth seed. Remember, it's seven seeds that get in, uh, seven teams get in. So Philly right now on the outside, they're uh, – they're seven and seven behind Minnesota. Now we've also this 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 I love this. We talked about infomercials before, but wait, we have yeah. more for you, my friend. What if yeah. I told you smash plays? Yeah, we got a couple of smash plays. Uh, so let's look at wide receivers. Actually, I have one other note. Let me before this, let me talk about Cordero Patterson with Atlanta because yeah. if you haven't listened to me on Sundays when I do way down in the hole and I talk about this stuff, there are there are plenty of opportunities out there for uh, whoever faces the Lions. Because every single week, the Lions have one of the worst secondaries in football, and they have trouble stopping the run. 
give credit to the head coach and that team there for staying in games as much as they do and usually finding ways to lose it in the fourth quarter. But, you know, they've picked up a couple of wins here. So Cordero Patterson, as the lead back in the Falcons rushing attack, is getting snaps on the outside receiver. He's been, he's been running back 21, 17, 57 finishes, and now he's five weeks removed from that ankle injury since, those, since that happened. The Lions offer the great matchup for him as well, so he's in another smash spot, if you will, for running backs. Now, as far as wide receivers go, I love this stuff because – it's funny when you look at all these names. We talked about the Panthers, and if you like Tampa Bay side and you like Antonio Brown or Ronald Jones, a perfect run back in your DFS lineups would be DJ Moore. DJ Moore is in a fantastic spot, and I've been talking about Sean Murphy bunting. He is a guy to attack, as most teams that are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whoever he's matched up on, they throw his way more than anybody in the league. Um, so as you look at the matchup, with a 29.3% target share, that's what DJ Moore gets, no matter who's at quarterback. Moore's a good start in almost every single matchup you could possibly have against Murphy Bunning on the other side of the field. The Bucks cornerback has allowed more yards per coverage snap, and his 14.1 receiving, 14 receiving yards allowed per reception ranks dead last amongst his teammates. So um, that this is a perfect spot for him. And the same thing here with a couple other receivers to touch on. I can't believe I'm saying this name, but Amon St. Brown for the Lions, he's another guy in a great spot. Um, and if you've watched it, his num the numbers have picked up for him. The targets, the opportunities in the red zone. Uh, he has wide receiver two upside in the matchup and finishes a top 12 wide receiver this year. He has a chance to do that this weekend uh, at a position where if you're trying to save some salary, maybe that's one that you look at. And, you know, we talked about Antonio Brown and how he's a much uh, a matchup nightmare uh, for what Carolina wants to do. So, Looking at the the spot that he slides into with the target chair, he should be in a great spot. And two other guys. Uh, my love loss for Terry McLaurin is driving me nuts because I've played this guy. I bet it's over. He gets hurt. We're right back in the same matchup where I told you to play him against Trevion Diggs. He had the, the funny-ass play where he's wide open, and here's Taylor Heineke waving him down the field. Go further. And then Heineke underthrows him by about 10 yards, and then he misses <laughs> the rest of the game diving back for the ball. And Jamar Chase is another one that was circled as a smash play insert Ravens cornerback here. It doesn't matter who's on him. I expect that the Ravens will be running a lot of zone this weekend, but we'll see if they feel like they can match up and blitz. Um, but Jamar Chase in an absolute monster spot as well. He'll have a favorable matchup no matter who lines up across from him. I love it. I, I took I took copious notes, by the way. Copious <laughs> notes on, on, on all this stuff. Yeah, man, I, way down in the hole. Plus, we got a lot more games to break down for you. But before, before we let you go, there's we talked about how there's so many – double-digit spreads, and we, we covered – we said there was four of them. Three – this is good producing, by the way. Three were in the way down in the whole segment there. The fourth one is in Dallas, where the Washington football team is facing the uh, facing the Cowboys. Cowboys laying 10, over-under is 47. That's the Sunday night game. Uh, at the point of the season, I, I – we talked about this about – you know, in our last segment about the the bets they keep giving, to to me, whenever there's a double digit spread, man, I almost just by principle, I'm inclined to go with the team getting the ten points. Do you have any interest in Washington in that game at all? So my whole thing, and if you've li ever listened to me when it comes to double digit spread, I will very rarely in the NFL bet them, um, meaning the favorites. Uh, sometimes you can find value in the underdog, but there's a reason why somebody's a ten point favorite. And my problem in the NFL with double digit favorites is that. A lot of times these teams get the game in hand and then they take their foot off the gas pedal. They go to the prevent and here you go. Bing, bang, boom. There's a backdoor touchdown. Oh, what do you know? They get the ball with a minute and a half left 
uh, this team's up 17, they're up 13, and if they score, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then the same thing happens, and you get your uh, inevitable backdoor cover. That's what I hate about it. Uh, last week, ironically, I was on one double-digit favorite. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Saints, and look how that turned out for me. Um, right. So not so well. But but you're right. When you look at these matchups in particular, some of these we've seen before, we're seeing divisional games where teams are double-digit favorites, and those scare me even more than just yeah. you know the, the other ones because you know a lot of times you'll look at it. These teams are familiar with each other. might be the second time they've seen them. Um, three, so three, of the, three of the four are, double, are, are, are divisional games. So th- there you go, and and I stay away from it. Doesn't mean in college football, the NBA, like it's it's totally different in those sports. But in the NFL, I I just stay away from it as much as I can, unless I find inherent value. Last week I thought I found it with the matchup against New Orleans, but for whatever reason, uh, the Saints' defense has been Brady's kryptonite, and we'll see if it continues over this week. Yeah, speaking speaking of it, I, I feel like I feel like Mush from uh, from Bronx Tale. You know, come on, Kryptonite. Yeah. Whenever, whenever there's a home team that's getting double digits at home, I I, I just I'm I'm compelled to bet. And I, I took the Lions last week. I took the Lions getting twelve at home, and they they won outright. I didn't think they'd win outright, but they covered. And so the one. Testing that theory, the one that I see right there is Tampa Bay, Carolina. You get the Panthers at home getting 10 points, and Tampa Bay is awful this year against the spread. I think that's a result of this. They've been having to cover so many big numbers. That's why Kansas City for a long time hasn't been able to cover the number because they're just such a high favorite. I, I'm going to take Carolina getting the 10 points. I'm an J- idiot, I know, but I, I'm going to do it. J-Rod, if I would have been there around you when you said take the Lions plus those points, I said put them in the bathroom. Put him in the bathroom, just like in the Bronx Dale. He's breathing on me. He's breathing on me. <laughs> it's so good. But, you know, with the NFL, like, this has been one of the – the NBA has been worse if you're an NBA better. But with the NFL, it's been such a strange year because now, as in the recent weeks, it's a little bit easier in the NFL because they've been upfront about things. But if anybody's bet the NBA slate this week or over the past two weeks, yesterday was – just abysmal as you're sitting there it's like who else oh cat got ruled out oh uh, you know the the entire starting five got ruled out of this team we're missing this it's just kind of been crazy and you really need to it's not like in years past where you bet something on a tuesday and then all of a sudden you find out somebody rolled their ankle on a friday if you bet something early and you like the line you have to be really concerned that you get to the weekend and six guys get ruled out ten guys get ruled out or you see what's happening with the ravens you got to push it. I mean, it all depends on how fast your your, your DSL or your Wi-Fi is. You got to push it to the very edge just before kickoff or just before tip-off or just before they drop the puck. Because with you know all these all these last-minute changes, all these last-minute scratches, we're going to get into the Christmas NBA schedule later on. But first, let's take another quick break. We're going to stay in the hole. More NFL. We got more games to break down. More manageable sides this time around so let's take a break when we come back more nfl this is betql daily presented by the good folks at FanDuel sportsbook Hey, it's Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern. A happy and safe holiday season to you and yours. Watch and listen to the BetQL Network on the free Odyssey app, your home for wagertainment. 